and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Before you listen to this episode, please make sure you've already listened to episode number eight. Episode number eight is entitled, Why I Left My Classroom. And in that podcast, I revealed that I was placed on probation about three years ago. Although I did move off of probation, that incident ended up impacting the way I taught and the way I felt about teaching And it did eventually lead to me making the decision to leave my classroom. And it is important that you listen to that podcast first because this one is going to be an FAQ. I'm going to be answering some of the questions I got in response to that podcast and the blog post I wrote under the same title. And without listening to that podcast or reading that blog post, this episode wouldn't make much sense. So if you've listened or read and you know the story, keep listening. I first want to thank everybody that reached out with positive messages about my experience. It was very hard for me to share, but I really only received positive messages in response, and I'm so grateful for that. I also received a lot of questions that I unfortunately cannot answer, and I just want to state this again. So much of this is confidential, and it's one of those tricky things where I do not work for the school system anymore, so I don't have the same rules that I did when I was still working for them, but it still just feels kind of like unsure territory to me, and I'm just following my gut here, and if I feel like it's something that I shouldn't be revealing or shouldn't be saying, I'm going to go with my gut and not share that. So I'm still choosing to not talk about some of the specific things that quote unquote got me on probation um, or the way that my particular school handled it because it just doesn't feel like that's something I should be recording and sharing. It just reveals too much about confidential things that were going on. But I do have seven questions that I feel like I can answer, and that's what this podcast is going to be. The first one was surprising to me because it's something that I didn't really think about, but I had several people ask me what I meant by calling myself a case manager. So I want to explain that I only have taught in one district in Virginia. So I don't know much about how anybody does special ed other than the only place that I've worked. And so the one person that asked this actually worked for a district in New Jersey. And in her district, a case manager is usually a school psychologist or a social worker. Uh, It's somebody that isn't the classroom teacher who serves as the case manager for the student. That person, to my understanding, does assessments, Uh, sets up the IEP meeting, gets the framework done. And in my district in Virginia, we did not have those people. So you as the teacher were also the case manager. And I know I've talked to some of my friends who teach in Pennsylvania, and they say that it's the same there as well in the district that they work for. So I did want to clarify that for anybody who is in a district where they are not the case manager. In my district, I was the case manager and the special education teacher. So I was responsible for all of it. And that might explain, I was just a teacher. Another question I got a couple of times is, I was a credentialed teacher. I had some people ask me, 
if I was just a first-year teacher because a lot of teachers are on probation when they first join a district or if I was still on my intern phase. I was not, and that's what I want to explain. Uh, some people didn't know what probation meant. It sometimes called a plan of improvement or something like that. When you enter a job and you're placed on probation, it's not the same as what I'm talking about. When you first join a job and you're placed on probation, it means you are you have you know a certain amount of time to kind of learn how things go, and then once you pass the probation period, uh, you're able to have more freedom. And you know a lot of jobs have this. Even if you join a corporate job, you might be on probation for the first 90 days, and then once you leave probation, you become more of like a full employee. When you are already working for a company and you are placed back on probation, that means that you maybe have made some mistakes or there have been some issues and it's kind of like a red flag. So what that's saying is there are concerns about this teacher for whatever reason and we're going to put a plan into place or we're going to kind of set a path and if the teacher is not able to make improvements during the time frame that is set, she will, she or he will be removed from their contract or they will lose their job. So that's basically what happened to me. So we do call it probation in my district. I was sat down. Um, there was a list of things that I needed to improve on. And if I did not improve on those things, I would no longer be employed by my district the following year. So I was given one year to complete this uh, with checkpoints. So I was placed on probation. It pretty much became effective the following year because it was right at the end of the school year in 2016. I had checkpoints in place in September, December, April, and then again for my final evaluation at the end of the school year. And those checkpoints were to make sure I was still staying on progress and as long as I did everything I was supposed to, I'd be taking off probation the following year, which is exactly what happened. So pro I was asked what probation looked like for me and it really didn't actually impact my day-to-day -day life very much. Um, so I did have to start submitting lesson plans, which is something that's not required in my was not required in my school, but it was required of me. Uh, and my administrators let me do monthly lesson plans because just the dynamic of my classroom it didn't really make sense for daily lesson plans. More of an overview worked just fine. I a couple of the big things that I was not able to do is I could not leave the school while I was on probation and go to another school, and I could not mentor. And this came up because we did have a new autism teacher start the following year, and if I had not been on probation, I would have been her mentor, but because I was on probation, I couldn't be her mentor. And it was a little uncomfortable to have to explain to people why I wasn't mentoring her. But other than that, just submitting my lesson plans and having my checkpoints with administrators was pretty much all I had to do and then I did come off of probation the following spring. There's so much more I could tell you about that situation. I unfortunately can't. Uh, and I'm sorry to be so vague about it. But again, I just feel like there are parts I can't answer. But that's the summary was just the checkpoints and then making sure I was on progress. Um, I will say this. Probation is not necessarily a bad thing. Probation is an opportunity to say, we might need some improvements here and let's make a systematic plan to make sure those happen. So in an ideal probation setting, in my eyes as someone who was on probation, ideally what would happen is you would have a mentor assigned to you 
preferably somebody that is familiar with what you're doing. So if I had a mentor that was teaching fifth grade, they probably can't relate to my job as a self-contained autism teacher. So ideally, I would have a mentor who's familiar with a self-contained autism setting. That mentor would be able to provide me strategies. He or she would come watch me teach lessons, maybe sit in on an IEP, read some of my drafts, check over my progress notes, look at my lesson plans, observe me assessing a student, really look at all of the areas that a teacher might need improvement on not saying that all of those were on mine, but look at all of those areas and then give advice and mentorship throughout the year. I would expect to have more walkthroughs from my direct administrators and some from the central office. I would expect to get feedback during the year, those types of things. Now, what I just described, some of it did occur for me, some of it did not occur for me, and that's all I'm going to say on that, but I do strongly feel like probation can be a really positive experience because it can help a teacher grow in a really systematic way. And so that's all I can stay, say about that. Uh, but then I stayed on probation for the year. And a lot of the things that I did to help myself get off of probation were I was going to school at the time and I was able to actively apply what I was learning throughout that process. I actually started a new program halfway through probation. And I do feel like that helped me a lot. And it was a program that was focused on um, students who were accessing the alternative education setting. So they were not doing mainstream testing, basically. They were in an alternative testing scenario, which is what my classroom mainly was. Uh, some of the other things that I did during that time was I became a lot more diligent. I will say I became much more diligent about writing my lesson plans and making them more adapted. Uh, that's one thing that really came out of this whole thing is that's why I even started a Teachers by Teachers store. And I have a podcast coming much later. You won't hear it until 2020, but it's going to be looking at the silver lining of some of the positive things that came from me being on probation. And one of them was I spent a lot more time learning how to create and adapt my lesson plans to meet a variety of needs. And that was one of the biggest areas that I improved on. I also improved greatly on parent communication. And I do have some blog posts. You can always reach out if you want to read those. I'll link a couple of them in this description. But I have some blog posts to talk about how I improved communication with parents. And I just became a lot more transparent as well. So if I had a problem, I was in my administrator's office immediately. I stopped trying to solve things on my own. And I would just go straight to the people above me because I wanted them to know that I was trying to get help. And so... If you would be interested in me doing another podcast, talking more about those steps, please let me know. Uh, you can always uh, shoot me a DM on Adaptation Station on Instagram. Uh, you can send me an email. The email address is adaptation at gmail.com. You can even just comment on this podcast or get a hold of me however you can. I think that might be an interesting thing for me to dive into in the future. But it was just a lot of good teaching. And what I basically did was I took that probation sheet and I looked at all the areas I needed to improve on and I just figured out little things that I can do. And like I said, I was not on probation for anything awful. And once I slowed down and recovered a little bit more towards the end of the summer, my husband helped me a lot and we looked at that list and we chose small goals. So I honestly don't remember because so much of this is kind of like fuzzy for me. I've really 
tried to push this out of my head, but I remember there being like four areas I really needed to improve on, and I worked closely with my husband who just kind of helped me peel away the emotions and read it for what it was, and then I relied on a general education teacher that I was pretty close with, and we set small measurable goals. So I had four areas I needed to improve on, and we put three small goals in each one. And so I know one of them was uh, just the structure of my classroom, so I completely redid uh, my paraprofessional training guide. I used a lot of resources from Teachers Pay Teachers. I started doing staff trainings on a more regular basis. I can talk more about that in the future as well. But we set these tiny check marks, and then I let my administrators know immediately my action plan. And this ended up being very self-driven. So I more went in and said, here are the four areas you want me to improve on, and here are three things I plan to do in each area. And I found that when I really took that directive, it left less room for it to look at. My administrators were really impressed that I was taking the initiative. And at the end of the day, I knew my classroom better than they did. So they knew that the improvements needed to be made, but I'm not sure they knew how to make that happen. So by reading blogs, reaching out to people on Instagram, talking to people I knew in real life, and then just thinking about what could make my classroom better, I was able to make those tweaks myself and then impress my administrators and be able to get off probation the following year. I hope this podcast helped answer some of those questions for you. I do have more coming along in the future, but thank you so much for joining me as I'm sharing this part of my journey, and I will talk to everybody again soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday.